On today's episode of Talkin' Tom, we're headed off to war with the movie Every Time We Say Goodbye, starring the third highest all-time box office star, Tom Hanks. Every Time We Say Goodbye was released in 1986 and was directed by Moshimi's Rahi and is the lowest grossing theatrical release for Tom Hanks. Mm, so take some puffs of your hookah, grab your walking stick, and put on your dancing shoes, because we're leaving for Egypt in the morning. Take it away, James. My mom always said... Life was like a box of chocolates. Gets me in the mood every time, Daniel. I thought we were going to talk about the rain. <laughs> it's raining. It's raining. In Los Angeles. All right. First things first. Welcome back to another episode of Talkin' Tom, the Pod Hanks Tomcast, where we watch Tom Hanks movies and talk about them. Watch. We've watched a lot now. This is number 10. It, can you believe it? No. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. It feels like time... Time keeps on going, you know? Yeah. We're almost out of the... The boring ones? <laughs> yeah, the the ones that don't have an audience to listen to this with. Yeah. Hi. But maybe people are finding stuff. They're like, this is everything I wanted. Yeah. It's possible. So, we got a lot to talk about. The first being that today we watched a movie called Every Time We Say Goodbye. Every Time We Say Goodbye. I forget. I have to keep saying it because I keep forgetting the, the name of the movie. Yeah, this one was kind of weird. Um... But let's talk about the rain for a second. Let's paint yeah, the yeah, picture. Yeah. It's a gloomy day here in Los Angeles. What do you think? What are your thoughts on rain? I love it. You do. But you're from you're from the PNW baby, and uh, so you're probably tired of this. I hate it. We get a lot of rain in Oklahoma, but I really like it. I just it's honest. not really on brand for me. It's just so like gross. I like it when I'm inside, and if I was like reading a book or something. Yeah, would it to be outside in it? Yeah, it brings the smog down to the streets, and everything smells gross. Yeah, but I haven't left the house today, so it's perfect for me. Nice. Yeah, I'm just bragging, you know. It's a great day. <laughs> just like living my life. Yeah. Well, I guess it's time then. Let's dive right in. This was a new movie that you and I neither of us had seen. No. So, we had to play our favorite game. <laughs> favorite game. Guess the plot. So, we saw two posters. Yeah. One, uh, I think, was the original. One was from, like, the... Maybe there was a DVD of this. Yeah. Or the I, the iTunes rental <laughs> poster. Yeah. So, th- the difference between the two posters was, one, you can't really see the main actress. Yeah. Like, she's shrouded in darkness. Yeah, it almost looks like a mystery. Yeah. Should have pulled this up. I kind of feel like this whole movie honestly felt like a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, I was saying it feels like at Walgreens they have, like, a book section. Mm. And in the book section there's usually, like, the bestsellers and there's a ton of romance novels. And this looks both in poster and in feel like a quickly spun-out romance novel. Yeah. 
Yeah, this, I mean, this is a romantic, it's not even a romantic comedy. This is no. just straight romance. Pure romance. We haven't really gotten that before. No. Did we get it? I guess, is Sleep, Sleep is in Seattle and... Um, no, that's a comedy. Okay. But it's a romantic comedy. But no, no more pure romance. I don't think so. I can think of. This is like almost like too serious for its own good. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get into it. So, what did you think this movie was about when you saw the poster? I, I guess I, I thought it was like a war movie because he's dressed in an officer's uniform. in Or he's dressed in a military uniform in both posters. Mm-hmm. One of them is like, looks like he's flying a plane and like looking back. I figured it was like a, you know, an American in another country falls in love and the, the, the trials and tribulations of that. Yeah. From the costuming, it does seem like you can't really draw any other conclusion other yeah. than that it would be a war romance. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be more like on the front lines romance. Like he, there's really like no active war. Yeah, you don't, there's no, you don't feel the risk to it. He's just sort of hanging out. Yeah, and he like has to casually go away to fly a plane for a minute. Yeah, and And it's like 1942, so it's a weird chunk of the war Mm -hmm. where America's just entering because he's, Tom Hanks' character is, has enlisted with the British Army, which is why he's in Jerusalem, where the mm-hmm. movie takes place. But he's just kind of chilling there. So, you talked about it for a second, but let's explain the plot of the movie for the people who aren't lucky enough to have it. <laughs> so, yeah, three ninety nine on iTunes, guys. Um, the plot is Tom Hanks is a, an American with the British Army, but... Whatever, and his plane has crashed. So he's in, at the beginning of the movie. We meet him. He's injured. Oh, he's yeah. got a leg. You forget about that as the movie goes along because it doesn't. He's soldier. a wounded soldier, Ooh. and he's got a, his like best friend. His partner is this uh, British gentleman, and his British this British gentleman has like met a girl that he really is falling in love with, and he wants to marry in Jerusalem. And uh, her best friend is this woman named Sarah, and of course Tom and Sarah, you know, make up. They make eyes, and that sort of sparks a relationship. Well, it sparks one on Tom's side, yeah. which we'll get into, but it does not spark it on her side initially, or so we. I we're led to believe it does not, but maybe I don't know. It's very confusing. Okay, so Tom plays like you said, soldier named his name's Nathan. Nathan like Bradley or something like he has two first names. Um, and the person he falls in love with's name is Sarah. Sarah's very young. Yeah, she's they like say she's eighteen. We don't get an age for Nathan, I don't think. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a pilot, so I'm gonna guess like late twenties. Yeah, he's somewhat established and yeah. somewhat. Yeah, there's so many things about like romance movies in general that just don't I don't think hold up anymore. But it's even it's hard for me to even understand how they were ever something that <laughs> people enjoyed. <laughs> maybe this is just like my jaded heart. I think it, a lot of it, maybe why they don't work today and why they don't um, have the same sort of relevance or they don't hold up so well is like that. Like our our generation has like full on connection through cell phones and the internet, mm. so we don't have the idea of like this long lost like will they won't they type of love that exists only like the, you know the spread apart continents and time zones and how will they make it work. It's sort of lost on us because we've never experienced that. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that has it all. We're just sort of that we didn't grow up in a period where that makes sense to us. So maybe that sort of jades it a little bit. That makes sense because we're so... The biggest thing that all these romance movies 
the big problem is like miscommunication. Yeah. Like they have to, like you said, they have to guess. Nathan thinks that Sarah loves him back. Yeah. He she repeatedly says no, but right, which is also another confusing thing that I think just like that was just like a thing. Yeah. Should we start with that? Yes. Should we dive into the strange? consent thing in this she spends the majority of the movie telling him she's not interested in him yeah and tom keeps making or nathan keeps making excuses that well i thought you were talking you were referring to your family i thought you were referring to this even if he was just like misunderstanding the consent thing and he was like oh but i thought you meant that then the answer is just like okay then go away like bye but she still continues to like kiss him and tell him she's in love with him but then that was my confusion it's uh, she's sending him mixed yeah. signals it's just totally because you're like you're on her side you're like stop Nathan cool down yeah. but then she <laughs> the stuff she does back you're like well uh, you're like um, clearly into it yeah and there's there's a whole as a disclaimer there's a whole portion in the culture of her family because she is Jewish is she Jewish? yeah she's Spanish. Spanish Yeah, her, her family's from Spain um, but they they their traditions are Jewish, mm-hmm. which is I don't know a ton about that culture to understand how it works in terms of marriage and how you how um, the relationship with with daughters and the family and how they are. It's just a whole world in like totally. 1940. I don't am not super knowledgeable on. Um, so the way she reacts to her family not being okay with things from the beginning before they've even met Nathan's character. Um, kind of went over me to be completely honest it seems like the biggest problem with their relationship is that she's jewish and he's a gentile so the biggest reason why they can never really be together is that their cultural beliefs don't match up yeah which is a sad thing but not like completely unheard of in a lot of yeah and that's and this is you know 1940s in Mm -hmm. a foreign country so absolutely like religion is dictating everything and it's sort of, it's interesting for her character because it's uh, super traditional of her to behave that way, but it's also really respectful to her family. Cause she's like, these are my beliefs, and I won't break them. Yeah. Until I guess until Nathan just really just pounds through and destroys those beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. He breaks her down. Yeah. Um, her family's also very s- suspicious of the fact that he's joined the British Army. Yeah. Even though he's American, which I, I also am suspicious about. <laughs> Yeah, I don't quite all know. I think there's like a, I think we're sort of establishing like there's an honor to his character that he wanted, like this is a war he believed in. One side was right and wanted to be involved. Mm-hmm. Although we don't really learn a lot about his past except that he's from Montana and hated it there. Yeah. Um, he's got a rocky relationship with his dad. Yeah. But then the, the family he's with, uh, Sarah's family, seem to have something against um, and British I'm sorry, let me backtrack, I just remembered. He says that they don't like the British because they're occupying Jerusalem currently. Oh. And they want them gone. Okay. And so there's sort of a stigma of... Which is why Tom's character gets to kind of walk a fine line, because he's with the British Army, but he's an American. So there's a weird... Oh, so they can, like, look past it. Yeah. Okay. There's another character in the movie. There's a... Okay, there's more than one other character. But one that I'm constantly thinking of is... Nassim Nassim he's her cousin and it is revealed to us like first cousin yeah they're like (laughs) she tells him constantly that she sees him as a brother yeah but he's in love with her 
And that's never addressed to be as weird as I think it is. Yeah, I think that's another cultural thing. Again, I'm just... <laughs> bad start to this. Like, here's all these things I don't understand. Right. No, but it does come across. Especially now, you're like, oh... Stop it. No. Yeah, because it almost plays across to us as you're like an obvious, well, no. Yeah, like, but it's I think, just not an option. Yeah, and I think, but I think if watching it back then, you'd be like, well, this is, a, this is an issue. Yeah, okay, maybe I'm just being really stupid. It's interesting, though, how they paint the people because... Nassim is like, while he's very forward and always tells her this, he's like genuinely like a good dude. Yeah. And same with Nathan. Like even he's, Nathan's very persistent, <laughs> but he's never, it's not, I feel like in a lot of some of these movies we've watched already, there's like a really creepy nature to it, but he's right. just sort of this, he's just there and he tries to do something new and then has to kind of apologize for it. So they kind of paint both characters as like good people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that annoying I guess yeah and the lines of consent are somewhat blurred but it does feel like when she when she's really giving a clear sign of like no he stops he backs off he just comes back later yeah he just he's persistent but he's not like pushy yeah he never like she kisses him first Mm -hmm. there's never physically there's never he never makes him move he never crosses that boundary neither does Nassim correct they're both very much like they're persistent Verbally, but they are take a step back yeah. physically. Um, also, Nassim looks like Casey Neistat. He does, yeah. Shout out to so. Casey Neistat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Casey. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> um, okay. There's something, and I'm sure this has to do with the time and the culture and a bunch of other things that I don't understand because I'm just a stupid, dumb millennial. Um, but the formalities of like the way that they interact, like they do these dances and some man comes up and asks Sarah if she wants to dance, even though she's sitting next to someone already. Yeah. And she just like has to dance with him. That shit's weird to me. Um, the drinks, like offering to buy someone a drink has, you have to be like, yes, I'll take that drink. Otherwise it's rude. Yeah. Um, the dinner offering to like, like Sarah's whole family invites Nathan over for dinner under the pretense of, like, him protecting her from this guy who, like, tried to sexually assault her in the beginning. <laughs> That's, like, another thing they just, like, laser it over. He gets knocked out, so it's yeah. over. Tom yeah. whacks him with his cane, and then Breaks all of a sudden his, his, his leg is healed. <laughs> yeah. Good, good deeds mend you. Yeah. And then also just the ritual of courting someone is so... It's just not like that anymore. Yeah. For me, I mean, not like I would know. <laughs> I don't think I have a problem suspending disbelief, especially in movies where, like, there's a short span of time where they have to kind of meet. Because they do spend a lot of time together in this. Mm-hmm. And it's not super clear how long they've spent. Like, it's anywhere from, like, two weeks to... Yeah. That was a little... There is no real timeline. You're right. It is interesting, though, in retrospective to other Tom Hanks movies we've covered views on marriage that kind of continue or like Nathan's best friend in this is getting married to another woman who lives in Jerusalem and Peter and Victoria and Nathan, Tom Hanks's character is very much against makes fun of the marriage like this is dumb this is a bad idea marriage is this and that well and it's it, a trend yeah he is and part of it is that he's got this soldier mentality of like yeah. we don't know how long we've got why would you commit to something that has an end date and I think he says that he's like, why would you do that to her? Because mm-hmm. you're leaving her behind. Which yeah. I guess that's a different take and a fair one. Yeah, very 
thoughtful. Another character that you and I both have, we took a liking to, was that bomb-ass grandma. Grandma was awesome. I was hoping that was a love story, but <laughs> alas. She's like predicting Nathan's future in the tea leaves. He brings, he brings flowers to the house, but he obviously brought them for Sarah, but then he gives them to the grandma. Like just that was a pretty funny shot. <laughs> the sidestep to grandma. Okay, the, sh- the f- let's talk about the composition of this movie. Yeah, let's just dive into the technical really quick. I'm ready. That mo- this movie was a mess. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of really long extended shots where I'm assuming if they would have had coverage, they would have cut something in. But like, it'll be like, here's Tom sleeping. And it will cut away. he gets up and he moves away and he goes away for like fifteen seconds and we're left on the pillows of the bed. And then he comes back into the frame. Oh my god. It's a god. lot of Or as you mentioned, like people are sitting next to each other and they're talking, but when the camera is facing them head on and they're one of them is looking toward the person they should be talking to. Yeah. The other one's facing the camera and they're looking sort of at the camera, like clearly not in the direction that they would be Yeah, they don't like keep eye lines consistent. Yeah. And it's excruciating. It's, like, really hard. And then also half the movie's subtitles. Yeah. So you can't, like, look away. <laughs> you're like, it's the same thing. Maybe they thought they were going to hide that, some of the issues within... Because you're going to be reading it. Oh. So you could not look up. But tune up where we watch too much. Yeah. It, the pacing felt wrong. It was only 97 minutes, and it felt 97 minutes. Yeah. And not in a good way. You also mentioned the lack of music a few times. It's just scenes that are really long dialogue scenes. A lot of times, again, with an unbroken camera. And there's moments of silence, which is, I think, from a directing perspective, is like smart because it feels real. Uh But then there's just nothing going on. And maybe that's intentional, but it happens so many times. No. There's just no music. And anytime there is music, it's sort of jarring. Yeah, because it's it's like music with w- words. Yeah. It's like that same lady at the pretty park who's always yeah. singing and sounds kind of like... Uh, I'd, I'd like to her story. Judy Garland. Me too. Yeah. What's her... Who's she in love with? There's like the, there's the song when they get into the car to go on their first kind of date together. Oh. It's just the most upbeat music that feels so completely inappropriate to what we just watched. <laughs> like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Which maybe that's the point. I mean, he's supposed to feel all over the place in the same way that Nathan's feeling all over the place. And Sarah's yeah. feeling all over the place. He's in a new country. He's yeah. fallen in love with a woman who's kind of forbidden fruit. He's going against everything he's ever believed in, which is falling in love because yeah. of the uncertainty of his future. You know, hats off to whoever <laughs> directed this one. Maybe it was intentional. I have to say that that sex scene that didn't end in copulation uh-huh. was one of the most difficult sex scenes for me to watch yet. That's another one with the camera. It took forever. And they st- it was it was blocked in a way that like whole she's on his so we're facing the profile to us and he'll hold her hair back on the side of the camera but then all the hairs in his face so like what is he holding the hair back Yeah. For? Yeah, you yeah, like you think it's an intentional yeah. Uh, no, it just uh, that, and then they don't even have sex. Yeah, kudos because she stops it. She says no, and Tom, Nathan does not say. It. He's like, oh, absolutely. He yeah. Sets her back up. She doesn't even really say no or yeah. stop. Like she like gives him like the the physical, yeah, nonverbal like, cons- line, and and he's like, it was good. Okay. Good on Nathan. Yeah. Thank God. Shouldn't say good on that is like the basic human thing you do, <laughs> but. Well, yeah. Kudos for showing it on film. Yes. Yeah. 
And then don't worry, they come back later and they finally uh, do the deed and we get this weird lingering shot of like sort of nudity that's, again, really weirdly framed. Right, one boob is just out. <laughs> I yeah. laughed out loud. Once I realized, I was like, oh, what? Because she's such a like modest, even when that's they're like only one. swimming. <laughs> yeah, one it's is not modesty. inappropriate. Yeah. It, just the whole, I don't know. This was a weird one for me. Um, then there's all, the, the last thing I have written down in my notes is there's after Nathan and Sarah are found together after the very first, like really long sex scene that never had, where they never complete the action mm-hmm. there, her family finds them and separates them. Somebody knocks, like punches Tom in the face. The mom gets a hold of Sarah and says she wants to rip her heart out. Her mom's like so distraught with the idea of her daughter being with a Gentile. That's what I gathered. Or just like being impure, not waiting as she thinks. It's interesting because Sarah doesn't just say she didn't do anything. Yeah, she never does. Yeah. She just says like, you don't get, like you don't understand or something. Why wouldn't she just be like, I didn't do anything? I don't know. I can't, that, I think that's character thing but I'm not quite sure how to yeah. read that hmm. that scene was interesting because you only spent one scene with that chunk of the family with the, in the dinner before and the people that have come to take Sarah back they didn't get a lot of talking scenes in that so at first I wasn't really sure right. what was happening just like these four people had kidnapped Sarah and knocked out Nathan and were taking her somewhere yeah, and she's I like think. screaming uh, and then it cuts and there's Tom yeah there's that at the house and she's, like, tied to a chair. Not really, but, like... Yeah, there was a brief moment where I was like, are there spies? Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes sense, because I think that's the... Is that the time they say her age for the first time? Like, you're only... You're barely 18 yes. or something. Yeah. Because the first time I was like, okay, it makes sense why you... Parental control over that. Yeah. Like, you're young. Which is then yeah, adds young. a layer. I, th- I don't know what they are hoping to reveal in that, but I was like, oh, okay. <sighs> yeah. Well, we got a lot of Tom yells in this one. Yeah, there's some good ones. Good thumbnails. Yeah. And they're mostly like really impassioned. Like he's yelling like, you don't get it. Yeah. And then at the very end when he's embracing Sarah for the last time, he's, and she says, cause then there's like a brief thing where she's like going to get married to her cousin. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> I couldn't, I think it was just to please her. I think she saw what happened to Victoria, her best friend uh-huh. and sort of how when she married, um, the British soldier, which was later annulled. They, like, it ruined her family life. And I think she was worried about that because he was going to leave and she would just be left alone. So rather yeah. than do that, it was like, do what the family wants. I'll have the family. That's how I read it. Yeah. Mm, she kind of backs away from that pretty fast. Yeah. We never see um, y- uh, Yassim's reaction. He's probably no. devastated. Yeah. He didn't. He knew that she didn't love him. They have a comp. That's the most interesting comp. That actually is sort of... An insane conversation in a really interesting way is they when she says she'll marry him, and he's like, "Well, I'll always love you. Do you love me?" And she's like, "What if I don't?" And they're like, "Well, we can work that out. Like, we can still yeah. be a good husband and wife." He's like, "I'll love you enough for the both of us." Yeah, just the saddest line of just acceptance, I guess. Yeah. Of like, oh. Yeah, because it's like not only would she ultimately be pretty unhappy, like that's not fair to him either. He should yeah, be with someone who loves loveless him. Loveless for yeah. What do you think about this one? Would you recommend this, it? This one is very... It's very, very standard in the romance genre and doesn't do anything really interesting to make it above that. So I'd rate it 
pretty low. Um, it's not. It's weird because there's not. There's some interesting moments in terms of how they portray culture on screen and relationship and family um, that I think present some interesting conversation topics, mm-hmm. but not enough going. Like I don't think I'd ever revisit it. Oh god. There's only, I would. I'll give credit. There's some. I think there's a lot of like family and friendship, and there's a, interesting characters to it, and I think the. Sarah and Nathan, the chemistry on screen between Tom and the actress are mm. pretty good. Yeah. What about you? Well, I love the setting. That was something I don't think we really got to touch on. Um, the setting of Jerusalem. and Yeah. It was pretty. It's There's a beautiful some, city. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of really pretty things. Um, I know I talk a lot on this show about how much I'm like not down with love and like whatever. I'm a cynic. It's super original. I understand. Um, That's why you hate romance movies. But... I can get behind a good one. Yeah. There are plenty that I've seen. Um, like, The Notebook is standing out to me. And there's, like, you know, there's some really where you believe it. Mm-hmm. And you understand the characters and their plight. And you understand why they have to be away. But why they need to be together. And it's really easy to find. For I can I can understand a romance if yeah. it's a good one. I had nothing invested in either of these characters besides just, like, my undying love for Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. And even that didn't feel like enough for me to be like, yeah, fight. The setup wasn't, um, the setup didn't draw me in enough to ever really get into like why these people care about each other so much. Yeah. The actress who plays Sarah's name is Christina Marsillac. She was gorgeous. Yes. And she was She's very good. Great. She was she great. She was good. We've seen Tom fall in love a few times. Yeah. In different movies. I wouldn't rank this one very high. I would I would rank... Uh, the only thing I would rank high in regards to other relationships he's had in the movies, strictly in the movies, is um, this is like a very headstrong... Which has been a few, but um, Sarah's like very headstrong, like has ideas of what she wants and believes in and will like fight people on those, which is, is cool. She's not just like this hopeless romantic, like, oh, but this is what I've always wanted. She like will go behind her family... She'll kind of fight against her family. At one point, sort of gives into it and then backtracks. Right yeah. to herself, because it's what she wants. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess you do feel the weight of, like, her actions. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't... I don't think I would revisit this one. No, I don't think so. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> is that it for this? I think so. This is a short one. This is a movie one? I looked up on some sites that I frequent and it's a very low view count of anyone who's seen it. It just kind of feels like one that they just like probably made it really quick and spit it out. And According to my quick research, <laughs> um, it was the most expensive Israeli movie ever made. They filmed but it the on the film location. was a major box office bomb. Yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> it's the lowest grossing theatrical release starring Tom Hanks. Oh, that makes me actually feel bad. It says, reviews of the film were lukewarm at best. Yeah. And the film had a limited run. Okay, so it was like not... It was a movie that was kind of buried. Okay. Wow, they spent so much money making it, and then they didn't even really break even, it sounds like. (gasps) I think... And it sort of makes sense. This is like maybe the straightest 
Tom Hanks character we've seen where he doesn't really get to kind of play into his... He's, I mean, at this point, from the other nine movies we've seen, he does serious very well, but he's sort of known for his comedic timing mm-hmm. and very rarely gets to branch out into that with this. No. Like he's a straight man with... He makes a few quips, but like doesn't have that same sort of childlike... Yeah, Which you still don't... want, because he's still at least young Tom, and you want that still, and it's not here. Yeah. So it almost just feels like maybe, maybe potentially miscast. Yeah. And just, I, yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Because you know you know Tom Hanks, you know what you, you kind of want from the role, and it can be obviously shifted to be more dramatic, because you want the ch- challenging roles for him. But it just feels out of place, because you know that you're like, I know, I want this. Yeah. I'm not getting this. The only thing special about the movie is Tom Hanks, and he's not utilized yeah. in the way that he should be. And the Boo. setting. Two stars. Which I would love to go to Jerusalem. It looks like a gorgeous city. Yeah, same. Well, that sums it up for our thoughts on the movie every time we say goodbye. Now it's time for a very popular segment we like to call Talk Tom to Us. Talk Tom to Us. Hit it, maestro. What you got today? Or do I go first? Well, <laughs> I will say, a few months ago when we first started the show, uh-huh. I did a thing on Facebook and I was like, oh, I do this thing now. And uh, my aunt had just watched that movie. And this one? Yeah. I just looked up the post and she, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. What did you think of the movie? And then and she said it was really boring and slow. <laughs> <laughs> but they overall, they... They liked it. They didn't have... It's like the kind of one of those... You don't like feel like it was a mistake to have watched it. Yeah. This is like a, a rainy afternoon like Hallmark Channel movie. It's like on... It's going to be on... Yeah. Totally. It's much... Yeah, it is like a, one of those like churn them out every month movies. Yeah. But what did, what did they... Did they have anything else to say? No, just that it was just really boring. slow. <laughs> boring. So just like, a lot of pauses. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of drags on. It's, you mentioned when we watched it, like, we're going to rent these movies, and Tom Hanks is going to get a check and be like, someone watch this. Yeah. Like, it was us. He gets a check for $13, and he's like, what the? All right. So that's the Talk Tom for us. Oh, I had an idea. Okay. Um, since I want people to start talking Tom to us more, and I'm desperate for engagement, I think a fun way for people to talk Tom to us would be by reviewing us on iTunes, and in the review comments, talk Tom to us there. Just, you know, doesn't have to always be about the show. It could be about a movie that you watched, a news item. I just feel like something that we need more of is other people's opinions. Yes. And we opened up a Facebook group as well. Yeah, and I've been trying to post in it. I should be doing it more. We've really got something here, Daniel. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so if does that mean what I think it means? I think it does. It's time for... Hanks Happenings! I have one today. I'm ready. So we spoke a few weeks ago about that Tom Hanks is going to star in a Mr. Rogers movie. <gasps> He's going to play the titular Mr. Rogers. Oh. But then the other day, while I was moving through the internet, as one does... As, like most people, I'm obsessed with uh, Tiffany Haddish right now. So funny. And she was on Drunk History, and Drunk History was doing one about Mr. Rogers. And lo and behold, guess who's playing Mr. Rogers? None other than Colin Hanks. Oh my god, the son of Tom. <laughs> Just to spell it out. But yeah, it's How it's neat. really cool. Um, so did so you learn anything about Mr. Rogers? It's, it's, it's all about when he had to go to the... Um, 
was it the Supreme Court to fight for the funding for PBS? Oh yeah. Um, so it's it's which I've seen that video, the full video of that before, which is really cool. I cry every uh, time. I'm I assume that has to be like the ending of the Tom Hanks movie, oh. because it's like the ultimate ending speech to a biopic. Oh my god. But it's cool to see Colin Hanks, who looks a lot like his dad in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great in it, and it's super funny because Tiffany Haddish is hilarious. Um, and then, and then I've sort of I've I feel like he's posted a lot the last week or two on Instagram uh-huh. um, with his findings and his quips. Yeah. So something that I saw was the Oscars just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post didn't win anything, did it? And Tom Hanks wasn't there. Yeah. I didn't see him. What a waste. Well, probably he wasn't nominated, which yeah. I, mean, I, don't know what, I don't know what to say about that, other than I'm just disappointed in the Academy. Who won? Who won Best Actor? Gary Oldman. Oh, I never saw what Darkest Hour or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that. Was it good? It was pretty good. Do you like do you like biopics and sort of historical dramas? Mm, not really. Then you'd probably hate this. Okay. But I liked it. It's about like. Um, Churchill leading up to Dunkirk. So it fits oh, into the time period. that's why they liked it. Yeah. Okay. It's like a lot of monologues and a lot of yelling. Hmm. So like Oscar material. Puff, puff. He's good in it. He has a crazy fat suit. This okay. is not about Gary Oldman. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting off topic. Talking Gary. <laughs> um, but I did read something about how like the numbers of people that watched the Oscars this year were way down. And same with... Um, Jennifer Lawrence's new movie, Red Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's going to see it. Nobody watched the Oscars. And something that they're attributing to it... Lack of time? No, but... <laughs> is that, like, the Oscars are too political. Mm-hmm. And someone like Jimmy Kimmel, who, even though he didn't really say anything about Trump at the Oscars, he really didn't. He could have gone way hard. But yeah. every night on his show, he's, like, going after Trump. So people who are on board with President Trump... We're like, I don't, there's going to be nothing for me at the Oscars. Yeah. I'm not going to watch a bunch of rich people make fun of my president. So that's what everyone was saying. And then I read something where someone was like, they should have had someone who's neutral and beloved, like Tom Hanks host the Oscars. And uh, it opened up a, a whole new oh. world of possibility. That'll be a, yeah, we'll have to do a, a live, like a Twitch feed if he ever gets to host something. Do you think he could do it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So. I just wonder if he he must not want to. Yeah, because how do you? If he's the host, I would want him to give away every award. Because who do you want to get an award from? Tom Hanks. You want him to hand it. So then they'd have to. All these people would be left out. No one would get to hand out awards, present things, because they'd be like, "No, you do it. No, you do it." Oops. Have you ever seen? There's a couple of them, but the and we'll do a mini set on this probably. But the Lifetime Achievement Award that he got that Steve Martin presented yes. to him. And then he does, like, he presents Steve Martin with his later, and it's just, like, really cute. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's all good. He's just a charming, charming lad. Well, I forgot to ask um, at the beginning, but what, what's going on in your life? So we wrap this sucker up. <laughs> uh, pretty much nothing. Working on a lot of personal projects right now. I'm doing some freelance, like, brand stuff. Some stuff you can't talk about yet. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good stuff then. I've been going to the library a lot. I'm really starting to see the value in libraries. I like, in every episode, I feel like there's this small, humble brag. <laughs> I'm starting to go to the library. Yeah. I can read. <laughs> that sounds pretty great. Yeah. I read a lot of, like, 
thrillers. I read I read so much, so I don't know if you knew that about me. Well, we'll get some. There's not many. Are there any Tom thrillers? I guess everyone is a thriller if you watch it the right way. Catch me if you can, kind of. Oh, heck yeah. I like that one. Oh, spoiler, I like that movie. <laughs> Ooh, I would like to see like a creepy Tom. That'd be awesome. Like Tom is the villain. Yeah. What about you? What have you been doing? Um, I'm prepping a film festival. Oh. As we talked about, which is in yes. a few weeks. It's called Improbability Fest. Um, this first one is going to be collections of short films and a feature and a lot of people talking about their work, and a lot of people hopefully can get into network and meet each other and make new things together. Um, maybe I'll do one in the future that's a Tom Hanks-themed one. That'd be pretty cool. I will give you my money now. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be able to help me host it, obviously. <laughs> so is this um, film festival open to the public, or what? It is, but I think we might be sold out already. Okay, playa. Um, yeah. It's... Um, it's at a smaller venue. I should have done a bigger one, but this is the first one, so this is sort of my guinea pig. i got to learn how this all What's works. What's the date? The Saturday the 24th. Well, we'll let you guys know how it is. I'll tell you how it was. It should be fun. And then maybe if it goes well, we'll just keep... There'll just be more, and we'll have That's more stuff hope. to talk yeah. about. It's going super well so far, so... Well, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I'm very excited. Me too. It's fun to have something fun to work on. It is. And to showcase... Really cool stuff. People. Yeah. Well, oh, we cool. just went to your birthday party. Oh, that's true. I did turn a year older. Yeah. What are you like? Nineteen. I had some. Yeah, nineteen. I had some beer. One of my favorite breweries is Modern Times, and they just opened a new place called the Modern Times Dankness Dojo. Yeah. And lo and behold, their entire menu is vegan. Yeah. Which was awesome. So I had a lot of great. Did you vegan eat anything? Stuff. Yeah. Well, I was. Everyone else ordered stuff, and I just kind of took from them. Nice. Birthday so I could boy. test everything. Yeah. I didn't eat anything. No, no, stop you. I had a really, um, a moment that I can't stop, like, I can't get it out of my brain. It's the kind of moment that you, like, wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, God, I did this. Or I, like, met this nice person, one of Rachel's friends, Mm -hmm. and we had a nice conversation. And we both, like, it was just, like, nice. Like, it's just nice to meet nice people who are nice. (laughs) You know? Yes. And at the end, when she was saying goodbye, I shook her hand (laughs) instead of hugging her. Like I'm like a robot, like trapped in a human body. I like don't know how to. So that's, so that's. That's been weighing on your. Yeah. Dang. I will never forget that moment. Do you have any? One thing I thought we could do at the end of these episodes is like some quick recommendations. What are some books or movies you saw that you loved? <sighs> I didn't tell you. I didn't warn you about this. So. Oh God. Um. So you both talked Annihilation, which I loved. Yeah. Great book, too. I read the book, too. You whole, already read the book? Whole different ballgame. I read it before it oh. came out. Um, if, you d- if you saw the movie and liked the movie, the book is a completely different thing, <clears throat> and it's worth diving into. Okay. Annihilation was really great, and um, a buddy of mine made a movie called Los Angeles uh, Overnight, which just opened up in Hollywood at the Arena... Cine Lounge. Okay. It's only there for a week, but it's this super indie movie feature that he wrote and he's in and super cool. Super proud of him. People making cool stuff. I love that. Well, I read a book called The Lion Game. It's a thriller mystery and I liked it. I read a lot of other like garbage ones (laughs) that I won't recommend. Yeah. But this one was good. It's by Ruth Ware and she's kind of known in the thriller world lately. She wrote The Woman in Cabin 10, which I just picked up from the library this afternoon. So. I know the cover of that because they're really trying to capture the uh, girl on the train cover now. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the... Cool. Ever since... And I do feel like uh, Girl on the Train is, like, basically gone girl. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, every... They're all, like, <laughs> nothing is the... Nothing's a surprise anymore. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on the world or about Tom Hanks, <laughs> you can find us all over the internet. Oh my God, we're everywhere. Um, we got a website called Talkin' Tom. That's Talkin' without the G. <laughs> Talkin'Tom.com. Um, and we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and a Facebook group. Pod Hanks Tomcast. There we go. Great, it's a little tongue twister sort of kind of. Yeah. And then you've got your you're on Twitter and you're uh-huh. on what's your Twitter handle? Josie Voringcamp. And you got a blog. I got a blog called Sugar and Satire, which I never talk about on this show, but you should because it's really cool. And that's very kind of you. <laughs> I think in the coming weeks we'll have some stuff to talk about in regards to that. I hope so. Secrets. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I think my handles that Daniel Ott and Daniel Ott. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Listen, guys, Daniel and I haven't seen each other in like a month, it feels like, so we're just really chatty right now. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I guess that sums it up for us. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And, hey. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. (laughs) I thought she had something to say there. I was like, oh. (laughs)